What's up, you rebel-minded freaks? This is where we question everything and provoke the normality of the world, all in an effort to face ourselves and become better humans. That's what it takes to be rebel-minded. You in? Let's do this. To everybody out there today listening to this, sometimes I slow down just enough to question my intention and to ask myself what it is that I'm trying to do. And beyond me finding my own worth and me finding what it means to be fully human, to live the human experience, to connect with people better, to learn to have joy, and to learn about what it means to be satisfied and fulfilled. I sometimes have to ask myself, am I doing it the right way? Am I reaching out and, and helping in the right way? Am I, if I, am I giving everything that I intentionally want to give? Am I connecting my heart to all of you? And the reason I ask those things is because I know my past has caused me to be fairly rough around the edges and kind of numb to certain things. And a lot of times I will say something without realizing the harmful potential and as I speak today with this guest I want all of you to know how important these types of things are and how important our connections are and I want you to know that I truly believe in you and I believe in all of your dreams that you wished you were accomplishing or are waiting to accomplish or are accomplishing now. If you are living fully, if you're living true and you're listening to your heart and being in control of your own life, I give you praise because it's not an easy thing to do. Day in and day out, we have external factors that push on us and grind us down and make us feel less than and make us question what it is that we're doing and make us question our worth and it's such an unfortunate thing because the people that created that are the same as you and me there's an evil in this world that was created by the ones that had the intelligence to even find a difference between good and evil. We all have the same minds. We all have the same hands. We all have the same potential for creation of the good and the bad. But if you feel something, if you want something, you are capable and you are strong. And all you have to do 
is fight the resistance. You have to fight what your own mind and body tell you. All you have to do is fight for the good. Fight for what's right. Fight for what's hard, but know what's on the other side. I love all of you. And I think it's time for more of us to be rebel-minded. I think it's time for us to stop ignoring ourselves and stop ignoring what we really want. And avoid pushing it down as if it's a fairy tale. This is why I'm here. This is why I speak to you. And this is where I'll be when you decide to speak back to me. I'll be waiting. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Rebel Minded Podcast. Now that the title has finally changed, I'm happy that everybody was willing to give their input on that. I'm super stoked about today's episode because I'm bringing in a guy that I have been loosely paying attention to. There's always a good handful of people that I kind of keep in my back pocket um, because I've got some sort of attachment to them and I've got some sort of similarity or likeness to what they do and today's guest is oddly enough one of my favorites but I haven't even talked about him yet because he runs so parallel to me when it comes to noticing emotions being aware of emotions and being able to have good control over them and we both struggle with this but we're both becoming far better at this. And I wanted to bring him in to talk about emotional intelligence and hopefully give you guys as much as possible um, information that we can all kind of thrive off of. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Victor Ung. Now, Victor is an emotional intelligence and clarity coach for the quote unquote top heavy analytical entrepreneurs, and creatives who struggle with gaining clarity in what success truly means for them. Victor found his own sense of clarity through design thinking after seeing how his lack of social, emotional, and creative skills left him stagnated as a leader of his own life and career, unattractive and unassertive in his relationships, and feeling apathetic towards any creative passions. Raised between Asian and American culture and in the tech world, where mental and emotional health was not prioritized enough, this self-proclaimed nerd aims to explore his own definition of success and demystify what it means to not only be a man, but a human. I'd like to introduce everybody to Victor Ung. Victor, welcome to the All podcast, right. man. Yeah, thank you for having <laughs> me. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing it on. I'm excited. Dude, um, so like I was telling everybody before, I have an attachment to you because you are you base yourself and all of your work and all of your, all of your knowledge around emotional intelligence and i as the years go by that has become such a 
dominant and important like priority to me. Mm. And I actually think, and I'd like to get your opinion on this too. I actually think in today's world, because IQ used to be such a, a defining factor for people, you know, back in our history. And now it's almost like things are, are kind of, kind of starting to change, or maybe it's just my own narrative about emotional intelligence being super important, or at least I feel it's super important because the world is so distracted now. The world is so out of focus. And I think we become unattached from ourselves more than ever. Yeah. And I think emotional intelligence is just becoming more and more key. What do you think about that? Totally. Uh, and I'm glad we're on a podcast to dive into all this because <laughs> we can totally talk about it forever. But um, it's it's definitely one of the reasons why I went into this work in the first place is um, coming from the tech industry. Specifically, if we, we'll just even start there. There's so many variables to it. But even on a technolog- technological standpoint is... Um, you know, where it's connecting us physically, or not maybe not physically, but you know, more tangibly through the internet, through social media, through instant messaging. Like you could contact someone across the world instantly and or access information instantly um, if you have the privilege for, for that. And at the same time, disconnecting ourselves from ourselves internally and from other people. Um, and I noticed that so much when I was in, um, a large consulting firm before this for about half a decade doing web development, doing product management. Um, and I can, I'll still, you know, be super optimistic and geek out about technology. I still love tech for what it is and what it can do for us and will, Probably, if I had my way, I would just have all the latest gadgets all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right? Um, but but at the same time, being able to understand how to use technology without losing our humanity to it. Yeah. Um, and so this is it's it's been a lot of what I've been exploring, um, and it's been a kind of a it's like. I don't know. It's it's a layer to my overall mission in in uh, uh, and and kind of my perspective on on this all. But um, I I definitely see us disconnecting from ourselves, and our emotional intelligence is a perfect link because it it is like as you said, becoming way more important as another form of intelligence right i think a lot of us maybe who aren't familiar will immediately write that off as not a real thing and like how can you really merge emotions with intelligence is that like is that even intelligence then like um and but if if you look at the definition of what intelligence is it's just being able to you know collect and process information and knowledge right and that can be that can come from our emotions as well that can come from our intuition that comes from our body that comes from our hearts um something that might be you know hippy dippy for a lot of us who are been raised or cultured to prioritize the more logical left brain thinking and Mm -hmm. um 
and of course there's value to that you you don't want to be too up in the clouds where you get you also get disconnected from the reality of things um but i think when we stray too far into that which i was really guilty of before this journey um uh being asian american being a man being someone who was in technology uh there was no space to explore the the kind of more intangible side of things mm-hmm. um and uh i saw my own sense of you know creativity and um expressiveness uh get suppressed and stagnated because of that um and that showed up in so many ways where i would you know i would i would basically just compromise too much of myself in order to yeah. um to try to fit into other people's ideas or perspectives or shoulds and uh so this is now you know i'm still i'm really new to this myself right like it's been only about a year and a half or two years now since I've really dedicated myself towards this. Um, I'd say I've always been interested in psychology even before that and whatnot and just being a re- reflective, deep person. But now in the last couple of years, really being more intentional about it. And it's been fun, man. Like it's been been good to get out there. So um, anyway, glad to be on the be on the journey right <laughs> yeah so so was it was there a crazy life transition for you was it you know was it an overwhelming feeling of the suppression or was it like a traumatic event like some sort of catalyst that that changed everything for you that that turned you on to this i know I, and i always I think I kind of share a different story every time I think about this because <laughs> uh, it's like it's been a combination of a mix of things you know just accumulating into me you know eventually quitting my job and starting this business and going into that as well um, so but I think there were a couple defining moments you know, one that I share around with um, interaction with one of my clients while I was at my tech consulting job, where as I reflect upon it, like neither of us handled the conflict productively, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the very surprising moments, even just in a career and professional standpoint for me when um when because of the miscommunication and because of our inability to recognize our um our own you know those those social and emotional skills right to be able to recognize what the other person's feeling what's what kind of needs or wants they're they're missing out on how to communicate that um like that that ended up that ended up creating uh basically i from that experience it uh i was 
what what we call like rolled off the project where oh, okay it's like a mini kind of firing in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> where uh like you're still with the consulting company but not on that project anymore and so that really just kind of blindsided me though you know like mm-hmm. i uh there was there were there were just different priorities and different needs that just weren't being addressed and rather than either of us being able to talk about it calmly and talk it through be productive about it, it, it like just the I don't know what it was, right? It, it's like stress and pressure and something very common in the tech tech industry. It can get um, really overwhelming. And so like, we don't sit down and talk about it. And that's what surprised me. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, so people aren't willing to have conversations anymore. And that's partly, um, it, it made me look at myself and my lack in being able to, you know, not really necessarily control the situation, but at least manage it in a way that isn't destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also noticing how that's a skill that so many people are missing, you know, Very based so. on yeah. our education. Like we've been as a, if we were talking about like a societal standpoint, you know, our, our education is limited in, um, in just churning out people so that they would be, you know, good employees pretty much, you know, like be good factory workers in a way. And um, I mean, now obviously there's a lot of good programs and people are learning and teachers are developing or learning about these social emotional skills to teach shorter kids and whatnot and to, you know, spark more creativity and, things are changing, which I'm really excited about. Um, but for me growing up, that was what was missing, you know? And yeah. so, uh, it showed up as, um, conflict that, uh, that, uh, was, was really harmful. Um, anyway, so that, that was one of the moments. And I think just that kind of sparked a lot of, uh, how my, own limiting beliefs and my own suppression of my emotions contain me in not just my career, but then in my relationships and in my creative pursuits. Um, not being able to be open to talk about things, to be vulnerable, to um, really embrace the discomfort or negative emotions, the sadness, the fears, the anxieties. Mm-hmm. There was so much of me that wanted to suppress all that or avoid it. And, um, and I think that is very much in line with, you know, a lot of our, our conversations now that's happening around masculinity as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a combination of so many things that, and then, and then on top of that, realizing like, is this career even what I want to do? You know, like, so I kind of hit that quarter life crisis and existential crisis in a way. And (laughs) um, something, you know, if, if it were me a few years before that, like I won't ever get to that point, you know, I definitely had that sort of um, kind of a, what's it called? Just feeling like I was invincible. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, 
yeah, that's not going to happen to me and whatnot. And, um, but a big part of growth is really accepting what you're missing and what weaknesses mm-hmm. you do have and what is an area of, of improvement. So and like not allowing yourself to think that you've topped out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so do you want an answer, but do you, do you think that your, uh, do you think your, because you're, you're Asian American. So do you mm-hmm. think that your, like your family, like upbringing and your culture affected your emotional intelligence too? I'd, I'd say it definitely did have an impact for sure. Like, um, with with a lot of immigrant families, it, mental and emotional health isn't something we talk about. It's not yeah. something we prioritize. And then add on to the, the layer of being a man and having yeah. to um, be that solid rock and foundation. Add on top for me the fact that I'm the a first generation American, um, also the oldest son. There's a lot of that pressure to. Um, to to make it seem like you have everything put together um, yeah that you don't have any weaknesses and you can't show it uh, and especially if successful right exactly yep and so and, and like successful financially right mm-hmm. like that's the only definition of what that is um that success is subjective and depends on what what you want as an individual out of your life um mm-hmm that isn't that's something more than just financials um or or materialistic so it's um so yeah i mean the culture definitely had a big impact on that i mean my my parents are somewhat open-minded i think relatively to a lot of other asian americans um where you know there's a joke around you know, helicopter mom and tiger parents <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there's that stereotype of, you know, every Asian um, person has to be an engineer, a lawyer, yeah. or a doctor. And, um, but I think it's very common in as an immigrant to uh, want that level of stability um, in your career so that you could save up for retirement so that you could buy a house and take care of your family and whatnot, which are all great values. And I'm not trying to ignore that, but I think of course not. Yeah. When we get, when we maybe lean too far towards that, we, we tend to lose ourselves. Um, we forget about ourselves and we end up giving too much without giving enough to us, to, to us. So, um, yeah. Almost like we're attaching ourselves to the positives of the stereotype, right? Without even giving any power to our unique selves. Is that kind of what you mean? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, almost a role. It becomes a role and a responsibility that, that you'd want to absorb because it's like, Oh, you know, we're this model minority or we're this mm-hmm. responsible person. So like we have to live up to that. And, um, and uh but so just talking about me personally because again everybody's gonna have a different experience but like i um i left behind uh what really lit me up 
I, I left behind what excited me, which was being creative, which was writing stories mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, just, just having fun with life. And um, it's not to say I didn't enjoy the, the time I did, I had in my career, but um, I just noticed that there, there was a lot more to explore that I yeah. didn't even that, that I didn't allow myself to believe in because of lots of external factors. Um, so culture being a, and society, societal expectations being a big part of it, which, um, yeah, has a huge Im impact on that. Uh, and, and I guess, I, you know, I don't want to say that you want to be tied down to these circumstances either, because that's actually a huge part of it too, is not letting those circumstances define you, like the fact that I'm Asian American or mm -hmm. a man or whatever. And so, but that's what I've been learning is like balancing, like how do you, um, how do you, uh, you know, balance being selfish, you know, uh, being like to, to treat yourself while being grounded with, how what what kind of impact you have on the on others around you so yeah so i i mean i know when i was 20 let's go back let's go back 12 years here i think that's probably far enough <laughs> um i don't know if i'd ever even heard of what emotional intelligence was yeah i mean it's been around like the term's been around for a while right uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's been, uh, coined, I can't remember the year it's been coined, but, uh, it was popularized by Daniel Goleman in 1995. So it's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if there's been talk about it before that, you know, for it to be coined in the nineties, I mean, I was seven, Yeah, but exactly. you know, at, at 20, I didn't know what emotional intelligence was. You know, I was, I was pretty against religion. I was uh, very much atheist or else, I mean, that's what I would have called myself. You know, sure. I've become a lot more open-minded now, but it's, it's amazing what, I mean, <laughs> obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, um, but how much it, it limits you and disallows you a lot of things in life because, you know, I didn't ha know how to handle myself at work. I had a lot of insecurities um, I've been in the same trade for a very, very long time. So, you know, I, I didn't know how to be myself and I didn't know how to be confident. I didn't know how to, uh, how to flirt and how to talk to the opposite sex at all. I was always uncomfortable. I was always unsure. And I think it's because I didn't have any control over my emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt a lot of things. Um, I suppressed my anger a lot. You know, that be just became like the thing I, 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 I prided myself off of not being aggressive and not being angry just because I knew that's what a bunch of other guys were, you know, until the last so many years, my late twenties, I started discovering some of this stuff, but having emotional awareness at least has changed my life so much totally. with my friendships and my relationships. And I guess there's not, I guess maybe the hard thing for people to accept is like, there's not really any 
visual way of seeing that intelligence. You know, IQ is, is a number that you see yep. on a piece of paper and emotional intelligence is what you feel, which I think there's a lot of people that, that are disconnected. And so I think it creates a lot of skepticism. Yeah. But if you can feel the difference, right, you know, and I think it becomes something that isn't even about how much better you are than somebody else at it, but because it goes hand in hand with you being, having more compassion, having more, you know, understanding and being open-minded of people. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are skeptical about it, but for, for me to have come such a long way, I, I can't deny it anymore. Emotional intelligence has to be a thing. Totally. Yeah. I was also very skeptical of it before. Were you? you Yeah. Even in this journey, like, I feel like I've been, um, I'm, you know, I'd be proud of myself for being open-minded and and whatnot too, but it, you know, it's just a, it's just a layer that's been ingrained into a lot of us where we, you know, if we don't, I mean, seeing is believing, right? Like you have to experience yeah. what it means really to be emotionally intelligent. And even just still, it's hard for me to really put it into words without sounding, I don't know, like hippy dippy or whatever. But, <laughs> Dude, um, go ahead. Like people <laughs> open-minded, right? Right. Yeah. Um, uh but um yeah so i was skeptical about it though because it you know like what does that really mean like can you control your emotions mm-hmm. and like you know again as i mentioned before like what is is that intelligence like you know it's like you um yeah but but now i'm as i learn more about it it's like those are actually the skills that help improve your intelligence right because it's there's so many different um definitions of and and layers to intelligence that yeah. i don't have enough of a you know science background to really speak to in that sense but um but that's the thing is like there is a lot of science behind it in terms of our neurobiology and the the science yeah anyway so our uh but from a personal standpoint from an anecdotal standpoint it's been so helpful for me to um understand and be empathetic about other people yeah because really life is all about our relationships and and who we surround ourselves with and if we're not able to develop a good relationship with people regardless of how much you know of or or what you do or who you say you are like it's at the end of the day it all doesn't matter yeah (laughs) uh if if you don't have people to surround to to celebrate with Um, oh i totally agree yeah and so that was a missing factor um yeah in in myself and something i noticed was missing in a lot of people yeah um being more emotional intelligent for me i was able to what came along with it was a lot of uh, compassion for other people you know and and a lot of understanding for other people's situations and and very 
open-minded perspective. So the more I learn about my emotions and the better I become with them and the more aware I become of them, I understand how complex it really is. And I understand that everybody has their own story and everybody's struggling a lot. So what it did for me was it created, it allowed me to create this neutrality and it allowed me to connect with a lot of other people because just because they're different from me or they disagree yeah. with me, yeah. I can still be neutral. And so inside that neutrality, I don't have any resentment. I don't have right. any loathing. I, I can talk to somebody that I, I can still respect somebody that I disagree with and that I can be a good acquaintance with. And I'm not avoiding, I'm not sh- glaring at, you know, yeah. um, in, in, well, and the ego I, just doesn't get in the way of yeah, yeah, exactly. to show up or to impress. Yeah. And that's, that's been huge for me. Um, and I like stoicism. I actually, I really do. Um, there's a lot of, I think, endurance and, and reasoning about stoicism. Yeah. I know there's a term that's been thrown around uh, called emotional stoicism. I don't know if that's supposed to be the same type of thing as emotional intelligence, you know, because mm-hmm. emotional intelligence is, is about your awareness and your control of your expressed emotions. Um, and stoicism is, is, everybody thinks that it's being emotionless. It's not. It's, it's just having reasoning about your emotions and knowing why, if you react in a certain way, why it's not going to do you any good so that, yeah. you know, so you, you disallow the reactions. Do you think, what do you think of stoicism then? I've been super fascinated about stoicism too. And I, I I do see a lot of similarities in there. I, um, my only experience with stoicism is just through other people talking about it uh, on podcasts (laughs) and whatnot. So I haven't really tapped into it. Yeah. Tapped into it that much, but there are commonalities in, in terms of it's, it's the ability to recognize your emotions and what they mean and not let them become destructive, you know, Mm -hmm. or or not let them work against you where you get debilitated by your fears or you get, uh, or you spiral into, you know, deep depths of uh, depression or sadness. Um, And, you know, of course there, there could be uh, the conversation around the, the biochemistry of it as well but um a lot of it is this understanding that and and so this is maybe where it might stray from stoicism is that with emotional intelligence it's kind of this understanding that there's an energy about your emotions okay yeah and um and again it's not controlling it it's not trying to you know force it in any way um, you can't just say that if you are sad that you'll be happy and joyful mm-hmm. and that's where you, it gets fake. That's where it gets inauthentic. Um, or if you're angry to just immediately, you know, invoke a sense of calm, you know, like yeah. it's not that easy for a lot of us. And so, but in terms of this energy about it, it's, it's understanding that um, you can be aware of how it feels within the body too. Um, and, and be able to pull out information from that, you know, it's our emotions are an extra source of information. 
Um, so definitely, so being able to embrace it and actually feel it, but not let it control your reaction. Yeah. Almost. Right. I think EQ or so emotional intelligence, AKA EQ is, is being able to learn how to respond to it, not just blindly reacting Mm -hmm. to our emotions. So I, I did, I think it was on one of your blogs and you were talking about, I'm summarizing a little bit um, because my memory is super awesome at 32 years old. (laughs) Um, But you were talking about how people might feel out of control, especially because if they don't know what emotional intelligence is, um, but you said something about us being in more control than we actually think we are. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, how, how do you think we could help people realize their strength of that? Or, or you know, what, yeah. what are some steps or like, what do people need to think to, to be, to know that they're capable of being controlled in their emotions? Because there's so many people that, I mean, ugh, with a lot of men, there's a lot of aggression, you yeah. know, and, and anger. And those, that's like one of the emotions that in today's modern world, masculinity is kind of, those are the things that are only accepted. Like if a guy gets angry, he, everybody get out of his way, but it's okay because he's got to be angry about something. Right? Sure. So yeah. it's got to be justified, but. It might even be a strength of, of a uh, show of strength. Exactly. Like, right. Oh, you know, like he's a powerful, angry person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, so, I mean, that's a great question. I think that's, it's, um, again, I, I want to clarify that, you know, control shouldn't be or, or won't be as effective as an yeah. approach if, if, if you want to necessarily control it, right? Obviously, I need to stop saying control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Uh, and, but, but I, I mean, in that sense, language is super important. So, mm-hmm. um, um, if if the question is kind of uh, maybe okay, help me ask the question one more time. To <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I think a lot of people, even even if they were open minded about what emotional intelligence is, yeah, and they they're and they're patient enough to step back and look at themselves, and they and they freak out because they're like, well. I get emotional about all these things and, yeah. and you know, how am I going to tame that down? How am I going to be responsive instead of yeah. reactive? What do people need to look at or, or what do people need to understand sure, that, sure. you know, and have confidence about to know that they can become emotionally intelligent, I guess. Totally. Um, so the, the biggest thing there is I'd say embracing the fact that we are social emotional beings you know Mm. we're gonna have emotions we're gonna Mm -hmm. feel things and there and and if we if and it's a practice right it's a muscle that you exercise to say that you know these emotions aren't necessarily um they're not necessarily like good or bad like you don't want to assign a sort of a a value to it you know Mm -hmm. but if you can experience it as this is this is something that happens to Mm -hmm. to us and and i think within that is the conversation of of loneliness too right where 
it's so easy for us to feel like we're the only ones who feel these things and yeah. you know go about whatever and, and that from a cultural standpoint is unfortunate because you know so like that's what we hear from other people are just the best things and like you know um the good stuff and so thanks when, social media yeah exactly <laughs> uh and you know i will i will also record a whole bunch of podcasts about that <laughs> uh, like the effect of technology and all that so but from a mindset point right like when um we don't feel like we are um able to embrace the the less ideal emotions right uh obviously we don't want to be constantly sad or yeah feel fear or angry right so um it's so i i may you know i just i'll throw out a disclaimer that you know those are could be associated with more negative emotions even though we're supposed to unattach ourselves but anyway <laughs> the so being able to embrace the the negative emotions is uh is is a huge part of that um okay. being comfortable with discomfort um and I think, you know, if I were to speak from my old past self, right, like that was something I really struggled working with or, or embracing. Like I, I just wanted to be the happy-go-lucky guy and not think too much about things and, um, you know, try to maintain this level of happiness. Um, I think from an American standpoint, that's something we – value even in our constitution right like it's a mm -hmm. pursuit of happiness like we want to be happy and but to a point we um ignore what it really means to be happy which is having the contrast of um experiencing all the emotions mm -hmm. as a human um so you know, shameless plug, like that's kind of what my human up brand is all about, right? Like how do we level up as humans and really embrace all levels of emotion, regardless of what you think is negative or positive or uncomfortable or whatnot, um, uh, which can be, um, well, yeah, so that that is a big part of it is being aware of your emotions and then learning to embrace it as part of the human experience um that's already a huge step in itself right um and i think a lot of us are resistant to it because of the discomfort it creates and because of not knowing like what to do or how to do it like i think we get caught up in our in the how too much in general um mm -hmm. not even with just our emotions like how to manage it or how to express it but in life right where we might even stop ourselves from chasing after our dreams or doing what we want to do because we're too caught up in the how. So that's part of it is um, just embracing it, going with the flow and knowing that this is part of the experience. I think a lot of times is, and I, I confess up to this totally, um, having the expectation of being perfect or, right. or even just great at something before you've ever done it ever. Right. You know, and it causes, it causes so much stress. 
Yeah. And then kind of like you were saying is if, if we can just embrace that the human experience is so greatly flawed, yeah. that that's what makes it beautiful almost, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember a lot of time in my 20s that, that I thought I had it figured out. You know, I I never cried at anything. You know, I, was, I, I wasn't angry at anything. Like I, I was proud of myself for being able to hold off on these emotions. And I thought that's what I was supposed to be, you know, as the typical guy, I was supposed to be able to handle, handle, quote unquote, handle my emotions, you know, but after so long, it was so habitual inside of my brain that I realized I was incapable of feeling things to their full extent in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, I don't tell anybody, especially on the podcast, uh, um, but this is I not was going anywhere, right? Uh, no, <laughs> I was <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was on. I I I don't even remember what I was watching. I was watching. I'm a movie guy. It's it's yeah. horrible. If I had an addiction, I'm glad it's not pills or like LSD or something like sure. that. But uh, movies are my flaw, man. Um, and I remember almost crying, and I was just in the apartment, like by myself, uh, and I I don't remember even what it was, but it actually, it like reminded me, it was like, oh my God, you're getting better at this. Like you're actually able to feel more and more mm-hmm. again. It made me feel more human. Yeah. Um, the anger one's definitely harder for me because I think it's so bad for me to be angry. Um, so that one's tough. Uh, and, and it's, this is why it's so tough with guys. And this is why I took on my pursuit. You know, that's, it's so closely related to yours mine's just more related towards the men Mm -hmm. um but it's such a struggle it's such a struggle with men because they're so men can be so sure of themselves that they've got it figured out that they're too stubborn and they don't want to be open-minded you i definitely think that women have a better understanding like a better instinctive understanding of emotions do you think that like with your practices and and the people you've experienced, do you think that women are more emotionally intelligent or I haven't spoke with a lot of women about this. Right. Um, I'd say that it definitely, because emotional intelligence is heavily correlated with like empathy and compassion and Mm -hmm. whatnot, that there are, um, it can be more natural for a Mm -hmm. a lot of feminine, 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 them identifying people <laughs> and um just out of you know i don't know if i have like a full explanation on that but it, it's it, hard from the male perspective right <laughs> uh what to not well to, to be have a complete understanding of the female side it's, oh it's difficult. yeah totally oh i yeah. yeah girls are confusing no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but uh um but yeah so it, it can be natural to a lot of women, but I think it can be still something that is very much missing in a lot of women, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lack of emotional intelligence can still be being too emotional where it can can, like exaggerate things or maybe spiral things out of proportion or or it, it just clouds critical judgment and thinking, right? And so, that's where I see emotional intelligence is very like, you know, um, non, what's the word? 
non-binary or it's just not like uh it's a very neutral thing among yeah. people you know uh, just as humans and so um uh that that was part of my skepticism though going into it was like oh you know am i just being more feminine now or whatever or like you know and then having like casting my own judgment about that based on the judgments that i've absorbed from other people um uh because i mean it is something that is traditionally feminine but it's also something that a lot of women do miss too so it Mm -hmm. um I think I'll stop there before I kind of take <laughs> <a> different. <laughs> no, different I, I want to go back to something you said because I don't I don't know if you've read this book, um, but being more feminine, like you were saying, yeah, this this book set me free on what on on that particular subject right there. It's called The Way of the Superior Man by David mm-hmm. Data. Have you heard of it? I have. I haven't yeah. read it, but so one of the things that sticks out in the mind in my mind that that just changed the way that i look at myself was he talked about the different energies that each person has yep. and how those energies um the masculine and the feminine how they attract almost your opposite more of the time you know more than less like you're attracted to the opposite ratio of what you are right yeah and basically he was saying that men don't have just like this 100% masculinity. Yeah. It's not what they're supposed to live up to. Yeah. And same thing for women. And he said that there is a balance that everybody has that could be of different percentages. So if I were to make an assumption of what I am, I would say I have more of a 60-40 kind of ratio, like 60% masculine, 40, 40% femininity. And I became, it took me a little while after to, learn to be okay with that but i understood the strength of it yeah you know and one of the things i started to realize was the greatest lessons that i've ever learned or the greatest effect that i've had like the learnings and experience i've I've had from other people is from women majoritively exactly women yeah um i've learned so much from them and do i complete i you're totally right i don't understand them I still, it's so hard, but I've learned a whole lot from them. And I just yeah. became so okay with having that more feminine side because yeah. that to me meant that I could have a better connection with women and I could be a, uh, a messenger almost, or, or like a, a, um, a translator almost mm-hmm. to men for that, you know? And I, Maybe that's also why I connect with you is because I feel like you and I have a, a similar sense of that. Totally. Yeah. I, um, I didn't even read the book, but that really, I, I, I hear that a lot too, in terms of that, that masculine versus feminine energy. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, it, it, I think it, it takes a while to get to that point of really being aware of what that ratio is for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, um, but that's a huge part of it is like saying, you know, what, what does that, what is your own definition of masculinity? And then how can you embrace the other kind of the opposite 
outside of that. Yeah. Um, I had a point that I on the tip of my tongue <laughs> what it was, but uh well we're getting in deep here, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Whenever it comes back, we'll jump back on. Yeah. Uh, I I found. I did some research on you, of course, um, <laughs> and I found something else that made a lot of sense to me. And I was and I was like, oh, why have I not thought of this before? <laughs> uh, you wrote a piece on negative emotion typology. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, this uh basically i think the the understanding so i i found this website it's a it's a website that helps break down the different negative emotions that we may experience um and so um it's the because a lot of times we'll just use and express the 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 basic emotion of either anger sadness joy whatever right there's a few of those core emotions but um those are still very big vague emotions and a big part of emotional intelligence is really drilling down into a, a specific emotion to be able to literally use another word to describe how you're feeling and so um uh so this negative emotion typology is the, the idea behind it is being able to disarm those negative emotions by getting to the root of it um, and being able to use a different word to explain how you're feeling. So maybe you're not just angry at your coworker, maybe you're like frustrated at the fact that you both can't, you know, be productive together or, you know, or like maybe you're irritated at how, you have different moral values, like mm-hmm. getting to the root of something else to explain those that feeling that maybe that generic feeling of anger will help you even disarm that to then start being productive about how to behave or how to address it to to move forward. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool website called Emotion Typology. I have no like affiliation or whatever with them. I just found it. My friend actually found it when he uh, was wanting to explore that for himself. Like he mm-hmm. was getting frustrated at himself for being angry with his coworker all the time and wanted to figure out why that was. Um, and and so that was super helpful to be like, you know, what is the context around this emotion? And, you know, having that typology helped break it down. So. So is it the, so is it the understanding that actually takes away or helps medicate the feeling, I guess? I mean, yeah, awareness is a huge part of it, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we don't even know what to do or how to proceed if we're not even aware of it, right? Um, yeah. So, and then once you, once you like have that awareness it's already a huge step to um to allow your your own gut feelings and your emotions or your intuition to guide how you want to respond from that point 
I think for the most part, um, I don't know, actually I'll save myself from making two like large generic sweeping statements, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, yeah, just awareness is a, a huge part of it. And I think you'll, you'll know how to respond once you are aware of that. No, I think, um, I think you've got a point. It, it seems, you know, as we talk that there's, there's a huge step up just by being aware of yeah. what you're actually feeling and understanding right. where that comes from. Right. You know, how often people really think about their emotions? How often, how often are they just feeling them? Yeah. You know, and they haven't put in, not that I'm calling anybody lazy. It's just, we get so distracted in our lives and our lives are so busy that we don't stop to think, why am I stressed about this? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I, um, why am I lonely like this? Why am I crying so much, you know, and finding the actual understanding of like description of, of what's going on, I guess. Totally. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's having a, a deeper understanding of the, um, what type of needs you might mm-hmm. need to, maximize the the more positive emotions the emotions that you want to have more in your life while not completely avoiding or suppressing the negative ones but managing them so that they don't get in the way so do you think that's why people continue to feel the same way is because they haven't had they haven't found that awareness yet i mean totally i i think you know so much of our culture again we talked about this pursuit of happiness right like yeah we're, we'll do anything to maintain that, whether that be whenever we're bored, we're going to pull out our phone, scroll through Instagram, whenever we feel sad. Get the dopamine gonna, dump. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to drink alcohol to feel better. We're going to even, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we could use so many other vices, you know, so many things to try to maintain this happiness and avoid that discomfort of exploring the deep dark depths of our mind you Mm -hmm. know because we don't know what we're going to find out on there it's super scary to step into unfamiliar territory right like um but i always make the uh, uh, because i'm a gaming nerd of (laughs) the analogy like when you're exploring a map you know like you have it's like uncovering the the game fog yeah Yeah. Um, how limited is your view of the game and of what's out there and what you're capable of, or even what type of weapons you have, the armor yeah. you have, if you stay in what's lit, you know, if yeah. you're in that zone, you have to go and uncover and yeah, uncover that fog um, in order to find something that could potentially make your life better. Um, so But of course, having that confidence to go in there to be able to handle that, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't go and, you know, hit up a a 40, level 40 boss (laughs) and and, and die. Um, Well, you always have, you always have more lives, right? So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But to know that, like, yeah, how much, like, where are you, you know, where can you be more ready for? You know, like if you're, if you don't feel like you're at that point, okay, where else can you go explore then that you can mm-hmm. feel comfortable? Um, and just starting there. Cause I think that's another part is like we now, a lot of us might be 
getting the pressure to have to do so much about it, you know, like have to do all these extremes now and then, and that can get overwhelming. And, um, but if you can find just even the, the smallest step, something small to, you know, embrace within your life, um, to, to train that muscle, uh, it, the, it, it's borderless, it's boundaryless. Mm-hmm limitless yeah now, there's there's a little bit of correlation there i think it's it's like i don't i think a lot of influencers um are very smart about a lot of things i think that their experience shows their ability to give guidance but i think what people try to do is to attach to whatever that influencer has done exactly to the t and sometimes i think we don't realize that our path has to be a little bit different. So if you're going to yeah. step out into that fog, some mm-hmm. people are just going to jump right in because that's how they're going to get over their fear mm-hmm. and see what's on the other side. And some people are going to edge in yeah, just bit by bit. But that's the thing is if you step into it and your life is lost, like in the game, you know, you all, what's the word? Uh, you, you're recreated or whatever, right? Um, Respawn. But, yeah, you're, 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 you respawn, you know, and it's the same thing in life. Like we're so afraid of something that's going to kill us, which yeah isn't even logical because we don't, we're not being chased by predators anymore. We're the dominant species. Um, flirting with that girl isn't going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can realize that you can respawn as many times as you want and you're going to be fine. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, totally. I don't want to, allow people to think that life is just a game but it's kind of runs along the same line you know is yeah you can continue to play it doesn't matter what you jump into if you fail and make a mistake you get to try again right right totally i I think it's something i'm learning too is you know as as humans our biology um use that mechanism of Mm -hmm. fear to keep us safe right like obviously you know, I mean, the best example is, you know, you, you touch a hot stove, you know, that that's something to avoid. That's, that's obviously going to keep you safe, but, um, that, uh, that fear can be exaggerated in a lot of illogical ways too, if we let it. So, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll maybe go approach that girl and maybe we had that, experience of getting rejected and we never want to feel that again and yeah. that's gonna not let us do that to anyone else or, or or have the confidence to do that that's true um so i think it's, it's balancing knowing what past experiences are relevant to you mm-hmm. in in what you want to do moving forward um yeah, so that's getting kind of deep there, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think you have to have you have to have an overflow, maybe, of how bad you want it. How bad do you want it? Like, when when are you going to decide to step in? You know, when are you going to decide to take that jump? If you've done it before and it sucked, how bad do you want it to try again? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I. 
I've always told myself that I'm a slow processor and I step into things slow. It could be an excuse, but at the same time, I have leveled up. I have learned new things. Um, it just took, maybe it took me, you know, 20 failures or it took me, uh, an hour compared to somebody else that takes five minutes to make the decision. As long as they're willing to keep fighting the fear. Sometimes I think that that's the most important part is that as long as you're willing to step toe to toe again and see what happens and just cross the line, just get up to the edge again. Just if it scares you and you run back fine, but go back again and again and again until you decide to jump. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of my friends slash coaches, um, gave me a pretty cool analogy when you go up to go hike up a mountain. Right. And, um, there's this other side of that mountain and it's like, you know, it's, it's this beautiful landscape and all that, but in order to get there, you have to, uh, you have to scale down a seemingly really dangerous path. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, a lot of us will take that and say, no, I'm not going to go that route and you'll go back down the safe way and you'll be comfortable. You'll survive. But I think in, you'll always have that in the back of your mind then of what you didn't explore or what that that beautiful landscape would have been like, you know. And so um, uh, the, he like explained, he had like a, a really awesome that yeah, you know, uh, beauty is on the other side of fear. You know, and mm-hmm. um, a huge part of emotional intelligence is acting in spite of that, in spite of our fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's hard to admit sometimes, you know, to myself. Um, I can usually say it to anybody else if they ask, <laughs> but admitting to myself when I've made the excuse over and over again. Yeah, you know, but I think people. Um, get too attached to their failures and say, well, I've tried too many times. I'm just not capable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And actually, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's why that attests to the fact that it's so important to have someone in your circle to pull you out of that sometimes, you know, like, sure, you can be independent. You could, like, I value that as much as anybody to be able to pick yourself up. But so much of what we're missing like we can't see our blind spots right we can't mm-hmm. see all the habits that we might be doing repetitively because we're kind of just so in the weeds of it so to have a coach or a therapist or even a good friend or you know like um yeah even just listening to podcasts right like any mm-hmm. way to help you see a different perspective of how you're acting and feeling um get outside your own head exactly (laughs) get outside of self-deprecating all the time yeah yeah we're our own almost enemy man i think we're the only people that can stop us from doing the most amazing things in the world yep um and i know we've kind of mentioned this a couple times and i kind of want to tap into it um on the topic of loneliness i'm not sure what your experience with it has been um i know for myself i couldn't live alone 
Yeah. You know, it didn't matter how old I was. I, I couldn't live alone. I couldn't be by myself too long because I would get depressed. And that could also be because I'm more of an extroverted person. You know, I like to be around people. I want um, the validation, I guess, of being a part of something. You know, we're tribal, yeah. like we want to be accepted. Yeah. So maybe that's a part of it. And it took me a long time to be able to be by myself because everything in my head, I, had, I only had space because I wasn't having any, inter any interaction with other people or any sort of experience that I was only inside my head talking to myself and things got dark super quick, you know? And now I'm kind of thinking, okay, when can I not be around people just long enough to just chill, you know, to, to, to have that, um, that alone time, you know, yeah. my refueling is definitely with people. That's why I feel good about myself. But now the, the alone time is actually a lot more based on focus and restructuring and scheduling and being productive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what is your, what is your experience with that? I, I mean, what does it mean to you? Do you think it's actually important? Do you, do you think that we're supposed to learn the difference between loneliness and being alone? Or do you think there's oh a my gosh. between those? Oh man, do we have another like hour? Like, like... <laughs> okay, maybe we'll have to come back into a new, yeah, a new podcast, it, but. <laughs> totally. I have been, oh uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> getting a little too excited. Uh, calm down. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, I've, I mean, that's, it's been a huge reason why I went on this journey as well, feeling myself um, experiencing that loneliness, like not feeling like I had someone to go to, to uh, open up about my own feelings about like what I'm dealing with. Uh, and especially if it, if, if in my mind would have been a burden to, you know, quote unquote, like dump on to someone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this, so, so not feeling like I had those avenues, um, just exacerbated that, that loneliness. And then the thing with loneliness too, is when you feel alone, you're going to keep, it's just a, a, a never ending loop, right? You're going to then push away people, um, thinking that, thinking more about like, oh, you don't want to burden them or that they don't completely mm -hmm. understand you and all that. So it's like you're exiling yourself without even. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I definitely experienced that for a, a good, good phase in my life. Um, uh, towards the end of my like consulting career too, where I was starting to feel burnout and starting to, feel a lack of motivation in um in what I wanted to do and I think part of that was because it I think um it like it hurt to be alone like as, as you mentioned and yeah. and that's where a lot of us I think I would kind of consider myself somewhat extroverted too so I would surround myself with people um, to, uh, you know, convince myself or, or tell myself that oh, I'm not lonely because mm -hmm. I have all these great people around. But, um, even if you are the most popular, even if you have thousands of followers or, you know, whatever, 
it's still very possible to feel alone. Um, and, um, and that it's hard when you're in that mindset because it makes it harder to reach out for help. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, I could, I think we're going to have to have another episode. Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I think, um, I mean, cause technology has a huge factor in that, um, you know, our, uh, our stigma around emotions and well-being has a stigma, uh, has a factor on that. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it totally is, there is a difference between being alone and feeling loneliness. Like you can be alone and not feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'm learning to embrace too. What I wanted to finish <laughs> off my point with is, you know, in myself being more comfortable being by myself, you know, like now I'm able to say like, I don't really ever get bored, you Mm -hmm. know, because I'm, I'm, I have fun with myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and whether that be just, um, learning about things I'm curious about and, um, you know, maybe it does mean watching a, a bunch of TV or movies or whatever. Um, but to not like shame yourself for that or not feel like you're, you know, inadequate, inadequate. Yeah. Like wasting your time. And of course there's a balance. Like obviously you're not going to be a productive member of society if you're (laughs) watching everything that's on Netflix and ignoring the world. Yeah. So, you know, balance, but, um, but the idea is just having that intentionality that like this alone time is doesn't mean that you're not worthy or that you can't surround yourself with people, but that you can entertain yourself and and be and just have fun with your with your own thoughts and mm-hmm. you know so meditation is obviously a big plus for that um I know for those who maybe haven't done meditation or haven't tried it it can be hard to embrace um and i'm not a perfect perfect at it i haven't been super consistent about it but even just the few times i've done it 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 already helps me become um again like accepting of the the many thoughts that we do have Mm -hmm. and and not feeling too attached to any of them you know um so yeah uh yeah my my relationship with myself has been what's uh helped me kind of get past a lot of that that loneliness that i felt and and not being able to feel like i can talk to anybody and and whatnot so yeah i think there's a there's a point of self-love that has to be accepted yeah you know and that has to be practiced to to make you realize and be aware of how important it is and and how human you are and how capable you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, before, before we, we ju- we're obviously going to have to have another one. I have to ask <laughs> you other things that we didn't get to, but for my listeners, I'd like to ask you a couple things. If you have a good, uh, perspective on it. Um, I try a lot to help the male mindset. I do yeah. a lot of provoking. 
<laughs> uh, I do a lot of uh, thought challenging for people, you know, for, for the men in the world. Yeah. And I do it on purpose. You know, men are stubborn. I, I sure am. And I think that men need to be challenged. And I think they need to be challenged in ways that they see as wrong too. I think that um, all of us, I'm still blown away by the times that I've found out that I'm stubborn, that I'm not understanding somebody else that right. I'm not, I'm too, too focused on where I'm right, you know, instead yeah. of where they may be right or, or where there's neutrality or at least understanding compassion, you know? So if you have any information here, what, what is masculinity to you for one? Ooh, <laughs> that's a, I know it's a rough one. Everybody, everybody has a hard time with it. Yeah. But I think everybody's perspective is important, and that's that's totally. what I asked. Yeah, um, I I will very much appreciate masculinity. You know, um, sometimes I hear about people talking about like toxic masculinity, and and I think even that is already a limited view of of masculinity. Um, so I don't like that phrase. Um, but I <laughs> I mean I understand obviously what they're, where they're coming from. Like yeah, like there's as with anything, there's always a dark side to it. So, um, but to me, masculinity is, um, is an energy, right? And it's an energy that is providing, that is um, protecting, uh, that is, um, that, that evokes a level of you know, authority and prestige and, and, you know, so that isn't attached to whatever sexual, however you sexually identify yourself or what gender you identify yourself as either. Cause you know, a lot of feminine identifying people could be also be protective and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So masculinity is, is just an energy um, that is that like, solid force and solid foundation um and uh is in and it's not masculine without the feminine either okay yeah yeah it it has to have a balance of of that but um yeah those are some initial thoughts of masculinity (laughs) dude i i i actually really like that perspective um energy that that makes i think that makes it easier to embrace Mm-hmm. actually you know and and i'm glad that you um decided to not describe it as this all-powerful you know purpose or way of being right you know? it's just an energy just like anything else yeah yeah so so if if we had something that we needed to work on today what do you think the issue is with with male males and masculinity today and what do you think that we need to change it's a i ask hard questions question. i'm sorry uh, no i love that question though it's a great <laughs> one because i mean obviously it's i'm i'm on this mission right and mm-hmm. um i the the reason i'm on it is because of the discomfort we get around being uncomfortable like not being able to embrace that um so i'd say like 
you know, whatever resistance that you get is a sign in itself. You know, that's, that's an emotion that's protecting you from your past experiences or whatever uh, someone else has, you know, imposed their values or beliefs onto you, you know? And Mm -hmm. so just knowing that, like, that's, that point of resistance is somewhere that you could grow, you know, and, um, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to suck. It's going to be scary. It's going to maybe take you down ways that you, you don't want to do. And it might be like that for a while. Like an easy example for me is taking the risk and quitting my job and trying to create this thing, this business, right? Like, it's going to be uncomfortable and you don't know how long that's going to be, but even on an emotional standpoint, like, you know, whatever is angering you, whatever is triggering you, it's going to suck to face head on. And it's something that you probably don't want to hear, but you're, if it's a, you're at a point in your life where things seemingly come back to that same point, you keep hitting the same wall. It's never getting better then then you i think it i you know strongly encourage and you know i'm not one to tell people what to do or how to live or whatever but um encourage you to to explore that discomfort and then um see what comes out of that yeah i think men have an automatic response of pushing away from anything that is challenging to them because mm-hmm. they think that they don't have to explore it, that it's easier to take the the smoother path because yeah. that's what they're used to, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Yep. So I think it takes a lot of embrace. Um, Victor, dude, I'm so glad I had you on. I, I was, <laughs> I was stoked about this. There was a couple hours. I don't know if it was, it might've been a little bit of the coffee too, but <laughs> I was, I was going through all of your stuff and I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. <laughs> can't wait <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad to connect and i'm glad to always have these conversations with people who who want to explore this type of stuff um so it's just you know of course it's going to be validating for me too to know that i'm not alone in wanting to to talk through it so thanks for that dude of course yeah um guys <laughs> victor is always going to be one of my back pocket friends i hope you are okay <laughs> with me referring that uh as you victor um, but he's he's just so calm and collected and he's so patient with the way that he thinks. And this is why I like Victor and this is why I think we're on similar paths. And um, Victor, where can everybody find you? What are the best places to connect with you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks again for giving, providing the space here. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I do have a website. Uh, under my name at Victor Ung, VictorUNG.com. Um, that's basically the hub for everything. Uh, for You'll find the links to my podcast called Human Up, um, which is the, the, the brand that I'm you know, posting things under. So you'll find that on YouTube and podcasting and through my blog. Um, and then I, I have a actually free training uh, a free 90 minute training on emotional intelligence and the different areas around one of the, one of my favorite models of it. Um, so you can find that on my website too, uh, which 
you can find again at victorong.com. Perfect. I hope you guys heard that. Free 90-minute training. I'm going to maybe I should just I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it before <laughs> any of you guys can. But yeah. connect with Victor, Victor because he's he's a fantastic guy and he's just he has a great sense about what he's after. And I'm glad I had him on today and I'm going to continue to bring on people that make a difference in our lives and the people that are going to challenge the perspective and that are going to provoke, provoke the system. So I'm glad everybody joined us today. There's been a lot of good things in today's discussion. It went great. Victor, I can't wait to have you on again. Um, to everybody out there, stay strong and stay rebel-minded. All right, guys. If you're here, then you have some sort of connection or curiosity of what goes on. So from the bottom of my little hamster heart, thank you. Even through a mic, that's what we call connection. And my life always gets better and more clear with all the souls that I get to connect with. If you like what you're hearing, or you want to share your story with me and the podcast, which I would absolutely love, write in. Send me an email or send me a text. You can contact me through IG as Creed Soldier or email me at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y at K-H-A-O-S-K-R-E-E-D.com. And of course, if you're up to the challenge and curious about really speeding up your self-development and your potential and getting committed to bettering yourself, send me a notification with Getting Rebel Minded in the title. For experience and practice, I'm coaching for free right now. Don't miss out on that. Even if all you need is that confidential space to talk, I'm here to give that to you. Share, like, and follow the podcast if it means something to you. Then you'll know when every new episode and interview has been published. I've always got more good things coming. This is the Creed Soldier.